Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We are um, recording. We are. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing that. Uh, little known fact about us currently recording a podcast yeah. that we do every week. I kind of want more wine. All right, go grab it. Should I just do that real quick? You should. Best <laughs> mistakes. mistakes. Best mistakes. Ow. Okay. Whew. I just grabbed um cat's wine <laughs> that <laughs> she never drank. Oh yeah. Tastes like wine. Mm, what is that, wine? <laughs> <laughs> Tasting notes? It's wine. Um, well, my voice, a little bit hoarse. My voice is a little hoarse. <laughs> we should probably tranquilize it. Let's do no, it. That's how we got here. Um, decode that, besties. <laughs> Why is it that Anya's voice seems shot after a long weekend at the club i'm surprised i didn't lose my voice at all this weekend because i did at the last carry i feel like i always always do um every carry nation my voice is gone but my inner voice stronger than ever yeah um anyway yeah we had a legendary last carry nation of the year we did this weekend and folks, I mean, I know we sound crazy talking about <laughs> just some like queer dance party in New York City being like part of our personality now. Um, and we are. But. And we are. <laughs> but it is just like there is nothing fucking better in this world than a Carrie Nation. Listen, party. I don't want to be a lot right now, but. One of our friends was saying this in the Uber to the afters. And he was like, we need, we were talking about Charlene's performance. Uh And he was like, we need people to be like writing about this. Yeah. And our other friend was like, but do we really want people to know about this? And I was like, yeah, because we want, you know, we want queer people who don't know about this to be able to access it. Yeah. And then our other friend who made the original point was like, listen, he was like, these parties that we're going to that all of our like friends are like throwing and working on like this is like it's making like queer history it right is now queer like this history. is this is going to be remembered which is also why when everyone was talking about how they're like ugh what what's up with this photographer at a Carrie Nation party i was like yeah it was a little bit strange to be like at Carrie Nation and like have someone just like photographing it like it was a fucking like rave in Amsterdam in yeah. 2015 or something but 
I was also like, I kind of do want, like, I like that there's someone photographing this. Yeah. Like, it is queer history. Yeah, I didn't think it was, I wasn't annoyed that she was photographing. I more was just like, I am strewn right now, and it's funny that you're taking photos of me deep in a K-hole. Yeah. But, like, go off, bestie. It was cute that, like, like at a certain point of the night, she was just taking photos of me while I was dancing, and I still had... um all my clothes on. Yeah. But later on when my tits were out, she like came up and she's like, is it okay if I take your photo? Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, bestie. But also what are you going to do with them? Like they're not going on Instagram. I know that much. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Take my photo. Um, But yeah, I, I like to think that we're, we're doing a small amount of like part of the documentation of this. I think we are. Yeah. I mean, we're like helping record this, this little moment, this in, moment. in New York city, queer history. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, fucking Will and Nita, aka the DJs, Carrie Nation, yes, um, really turned it the fuck out this weekend. Like yeah. I can't even begin to describe how incredible their set was. Vicky Powell, amazing. Her set was fucking incredible in the bad room. Um, yeah, I mean. It was like such an honor and a privilege to be part of that. Yeah, agreed. In some small way. Um, and to bear witness to it. And yeah, I mean, it feels like I, it's just one of those things that's like it feels so like trivial and meaningless to talk about if you like just don't personally have the experience of it, you know? Like, I just feel like anytime. Anyone talks about like how much they love techno or something and I wasn't one of those people. Yeah. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, okay. no, same. But now I'm like, it's fucking church. And, no, I mean, it is. It's like one of the most profound experiences of my life has been like losing myself on that dance floor. Yeah. No, I mean, same. I mean, yeah, it's therapy. Getting to absolutely capital s-o-b sob at the end of the night which was... i found a video of by the way oh my god you did who videoed it uh, terrence and i were like doing a, a bit that um he was like taking like he took a video of but you're like in part of the video like fully sobbing <laughs> into caleb's chest oh my god and yeah. I'm like, I kind of want to edit just that part and Do it. send it to you because I feel like it will get posted to Twitter if it I did will. that. Yeah, yeah, send it to me. Yeah. That's so um, cute. I also uh, have to say that um, I don't know it, how to pronounce her last name, but Lex Kershay. Yeah. Fucking amazing, amazing. DJ. Really amazing. Also had an amazing set that night. And um, also... How do you do you know how to say his name? Manu? Ma Manu or Manu, I Manu? think. Manu? Yeah, amazing. Ma Manu, an incredible, like literally the whole night was just like nothing but fucking yeah. incredible sets after incredible sets. And I'm like, oh my God, am I truly becoming, am I really becoming this person? Yeah. Which I'm ha I'm fine with. It's just, I did not see it coming. No, I didn't either. I never sought it out. I didn't, yeah, we didn't. It found me. It did. And I like can't, teach anyone how to fall in love with it nope i just I also am. don't want to what i don't want to either i'm like you'll find it when you find it <laughs> yeah 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 for sure 
But yeah, um, there was like at one point that Carrie, Carrie Nation set was just like weird fucking noises. Yeah. Is what it was. Yeah. Like it was just sounds Mm -hmm. more than it was music. And I was like absolutely living for it. I was, that was probably when I had my most like transcendent moment on the dance floor. Um, and yeah, like I said, um, this weekend to our friend whose first carry it was Caleb. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like the most important and like transformative and profound moments you can have at carry nation or the moments you have by yourself. Yeah. Um, whether it's just a walk to the water cooler or a moment in a bathroom stall, or you purposefully separate yourself from your friends on the dance floor and just like lose yourself under the disco ball for a second, whatever it may be. Like those are the moments where I have like, like serious profound life realizations yeah no i mean i had it while i was crying and i was crying by myself for a while before our friend like started hugging me Mm -hmm. and so i definitely yeah the moments alone the moments alone usually for me at the end of the night i end up crying at the end of the night at every carry (laughs) over something the moments not alone are like true genuine community yeah like i i truly feel like i finally understand what people like about church. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, although our church is so much more fun. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can't speak to like black churches. It seems like they have a great time. But I just had the experience of like white Episcopalian churches. And I didn't even really go to church. I just went occasionally. And man, that shit was boring. Yeah. But um, but yeah, anyway... Uh, also, this Carrie Nation, there were just so many more queer femmes. If yes. you're if you are a queer femme in New York City, please come to Carrie Nation. Come on down to the Carrie Nation. We really want you at Carrie <laughs> Nation. I cannot uh, express what a difference it made to yeah. have so many of them there. Yeah, no, it was because that was the one thing that made me never like fully, truly recommend Carrie Nation to yeah. someone. I'm like, I love Carrie Nation, but I can't necessarily, in good faith, like bring my like my like femme and like female and AFAB friends to Carrie Nation um, without sort of feeling like I'm bringing them into the jaws of a true sausage fest. Yeah. And this this party was not like that at all. Yeah, there were so many dolls too, which was sick. Yeah, so many, so many lesbians, so many trans women, so many just like non-binary people that were not just like cis white gay men in harnesses. Yeah. Also a lot more POC, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, not like that there aren't POC at every carry nation, but there were more than usual. Yeah. And I think it was partially because the the way they handled ticketing was a little bit different mm-hmm. this time. But I also just think the word is getting out to larger groups of people than just like circuit party gays. Not not that I don't want to reduce Carrie Nation to have it wasn't a circuit party before. No, it wasn't. It just but... had circuit party gays at it. Yeah. And they would sometimes kind of overwhelm the vibe a little bit because yeah. they take up a lot of space. They do. Um, and they were definitely there this time too. And listen, I don't mind. Like, it's not like I don't want circuit party gays there, period. Like we can be at the same party. Yeah. I just don't want to feel like I'm being, I'm like drowning in your vibe. Yeah, for sure. And that wasn't happening at all this time. It was like very community centered, very like, just like queer, queerness was happening on that dance floor. 
Yep. So many more tits than just ours were yeah. out on this dance floor. Yeah, it was amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, the dolls were out. And that's when you know it's a good party. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the certifier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, you know, mullet lesbians that are not turfy. Yeah. Like if you see a not, if you see a lot of dolls and a lot of mullet lesbians, sometimes they're both. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's an overlap in that Venn diagram. Yeah. Um, it is a good party. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we made out. We did. For our second time. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, just made out with some of the besties. Just a classic carry, you know. Yeah. Classic carry. You danced with a crush? I did dance with a crush for a lot of the night. We did make out. Um, it was hot and fun. Um, did I make out with anyone else? Well, I made out with JP a lot. Um, I made out with anyone else besides you, JP, and the crush. That's still, no. I mean, that's still a great track record. No, for, for one sure. Carry. For sure, yeah. Some of the hottest people there, to be honest. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If I do say so myself. Yeah. Um, wait, fuck. Now this, this crush listens to the podcast. Now that I know that I'm literally talking about them. Um, they already knew. Did they not know? I, I haven't said, you know, so I don't know. Okay. So there was actually an, one more person that she made out with <laughs> and she doesn't feel anything about them. Um, so you'll have to guess. You'll have to figure out if you're that person that she I mean, I'm sure they know. I'm the crush. so obvious. It's not like I'm not obvious about literally everything. I lay it on thick. Um, anyway, yeah, it was a fun, fun carry nation. Thank God I went. Thank you to the besties for bullying me into going. Yeah, because I wasn't. Didn't go. I almost didn't go. And then while I was there peeking on acid, I was like, "Oh, this is literally like a city." It is. If you don't want to see someone, you just don't have to. It's an eight-hour-long mini city. Yeah. Where like, it's so easy to like complete like I mean so many of our friends were there for like three hours before I saw them. Yeah. They were like, Oh my god, when did you get here? And I was like, I've been here since ten PM. When did you get here? Yeah. They're like, How have we missed each other this whole time? And yeah. it's because it's it is uh, a mini society that forms for during. sure. And it's just easy to kind of like get sucked into like your own little like neighborhood of that world. Yeah. Of that dance floor. Yep. God, I love guys. Save Good Room. Yeah, please. Please buy merch from Good Room. Go to Good Room. Buy drinks when you're there. That venue is so important. It really is. Um, and it has become it's become such a huge part of our <laughs> spiritual wellness. Yeah. It's just moments under that fucking disco ball. My God. I know. It is. Um, yeah. I'm Whatever. I'm part of the cult. What can I say? Yep. <laughs> Shame. Sorry to my friends and family who have watched helplessly in the sidelines as I've <laughs> slipped deeper and deeper into the Unz Unz church. But yeah, um, I love it. This is who I am now. <laughs> and shout out to Will and Nita for um, love you both. carrying us into the sunset. Yes. Of planet Earth. Yes. Because <laughs> I am kind of like, whatever. This is how we go out. Yeah. <laughs> I literally thought that while I was dancing by myself on Saturday. I was like, the world is ending and this is how I want to go out. <laughs> yeah. Well, like with that um, that new movie, Don't Look Up, the new Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence movie where it's like about a asteroid coming towards Earth and it's going to destroy the planet. 
I'm like, if that were to happen and we had like the exact time that the world was going to end, I'd go to Carry Nation. I would go to Carry Nation. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I no would. Question. I would do as much Molly as humanly possible, <laughs> and go to Carrie put Nation. on the sluttiest look and go to Carrie Nation. But I guess I'm that's making like I'm now asking of Will and Nita that that's how they spend their last moments. But yeah. I feel like they'd, they'd want, want to, to. right? <laughs> okay, Nita, well, let us know. I don't know if Will yeah. listens to the pod, but Nita, yeah, let us Nita, know. LMK, if that's how you might want to go out, yeah, because I feel like um, it That'd could be, be fun, yeah. Also, it's like we wouldn't have to worry about like capacity yeah. or ticketing. We're all dying. Yeah. <laughs> we could just uns, uns, uns truly into the sunset. Yeah. That's That'd what be I amazing. want. Well, on that note, <laughs> should we do our segments? Let's do it. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. Okay. Well, I guess my keepsake is that um, I, you know, I was like brought. Oh, Jesus. This is falling again. I was. um kind of like brought into to continue on our tangent about Carrie Nation into Carrie Nation like by someone and I like have been feeling for the last few months like having so much fun but feeling not totally like my own person within it um and I feeling almost like um attached to someone else and this was like my first uh, like Carrie Nation where I was just like doing my thing um, and that felt really nice because part of my New Year res- New Year's resolution I'm kind of trying to start it early really jumpstart that ship for 2022 is to be more independent um, and to be more of my own person um, so yeah that was cool and then I guess my other keepsake would be that um, my bestie from Rhode Island shout out Kat visited uh, or like is visiting this week she's gonna be here all week but she stayed with me last night and we hung out today and I haven't seen her in a while and she's never like stayed with me while I've been living here in New York and she famously is the person who moved me to New York um, into my first apartment in 2020 so that was sweet getting to spend time with her and having like a girl's night um let's see my mistake um I haven't really fucked up too much this week. I think like my only mistake really is that I just um, I tried to kind of like make a shitty situation and before I was like really ready for really ready to like move on from it. Um, And I did it less for myself and more for someone else. Um, and that's just the mistake, you know, I didn't really like put myself first, um, which was, you know, stressed me out like after the fact, um, and that's fine. I'll learn from that. My hot take. What's my hot take? Um, my hot take is quick. My hot take is I've I've talked about G before, but um, just like don't do G like really ever, but especially at like very small parties where like the person hosting the party, if anything goes wrong, like their reputation and their livelihood is on the line. Mm-hmm. Like 
you know, doing G at like a festival like Honcho is shitty, but it's like way shittier to do it at like the party we were at this weekend Mm -hmm. where that's like literally someone's like studio space Mm -hmm. and it would like get shut down if like any of those people were rushed to a hospital So just like be more mindful when doing drugs with like the space that you're doing them in and like just take into account that like your drug usage is kind of like affecting everyone around you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like harm reduction for a reason. Um, Yeah, those are my segments. Yeah. Reduce harm. Reduce harm, baby. (laughs) Babes. Um, I said that as a uh, like endearing nickname and I was not referring to our friend who also goes by babes. Babes <laughs> was not the person that was doing that. Um, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, yeah. Okay. My keepsake. Um, I mean, I have a few keepsakes from this week. This was a cute little week, to be honest. I feel like I got really back into the groove of things this past week. Like I was really, I was feeling a lot less encumbered by my depressive episode. So I was just like actually doing shit that I needed to do on my to-do list and not feeling like overwhelmed by things as easily. So that was a nice keepsake. I think like probably one of my main keepsakes is just like I had a conversation with someone that I've been seeing for a few months now that was like a much needed conversation that neither of us knew like when to have or what to say during it but just kind of like acknowledging that like just acknowledging what's been going on between us because we were definitely in the like let's just like keep letting it happen kind of phase which is cute but also it was nice to just kind of get like some reassurance and confirmation that we're both just like where we are at. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they feel a lot of the same things I feel, but yeah, it's just like nice to let it go where it's going. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a relief on my like stupid overthinking brain to not like have the possible like the need for that conversation still like hanging over my head and like whether or not we should have it and all of that like we've had it and you know communication is key so ideally we'll like keep having conversations as things go on but um yeah that was just nice and not you know I just haven't felt this way in a long time and it's just nice to feel it. That's all. So that's my keepsake. Um, and my also like obviously Carrie Nation was one of my keepsakes, but we already <laughs> we already made that clear in our speeches up top about how incredible it was. Um, my mistake uh is probably that i just like let my annoyance with something that happened with somebody kind of like get the best of me and i found myself kind of being a shit talker and it's not like i was just shit- like i think that i made it very clear throughout the time like the couple of times that i sort of complained about what had happened um that i really what did you say about me 
love this person, but you know, they're just like too hot and fashionable and funny and cool. (laughs) No, not you. You. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it was like just something happened where somebody annoyed me and then it kind of brought up all these other times that they've either annoyed somebody close to me or I felt irritated with them in the past. And like they are they're somebody that I consider a good friend um, and generally a positive person, like a positive presence. And I regret sort of letting my annoyance get the best of me. It's not like I ran my mouth to that many people. I think I literally talked to maybe two people total about yeah. it. But I still felt kind of just like icky about that because whatever, like, you know, when you shit talking is bad. No, I get it. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Um, and I just don't want, it's just not a good look. I just don't want to be that person that's out here complaining about people that I otherwise sincerely enjoy. Yeah. However, I don't think my complaint was unfounded. And so I'm also, also just, I'm like the one who started it. So, what do you mean? I'm the one. Who, I feel like I'm the one who started that shit talking tangent. Anyway, in that particular setting, yes. But I that morning when I texted you about it, yeah, I was like t- going on about it with the person I was with that morning. Oh, okay. I just like went on for like five minutes about yeah. how like annoying it is that this happened again, and like yeah. Whatever. It was just like this person that doesn't even really know that person very well. And that's not fair. Yeah. You know, like you should I should let someone like make their own opinion about some like about a person they just met. Yeah. Um, And I hate when people do that f- about me. Yeah. So why would I do that about someone else? For sure. So that's my mistake. And I have also already like told the person that I complained to. I was like, just so you know, this person is really great. And I was just super annoyed about the, this one thing. But like, I hope that you don't base your own opinion on them on that yeah they were like totally for sure so i already like did that yeah made those rounds yeah but it still just feels ick yeah anyway my other uh keepsake because this person listens to the pod and i'm you know i'm not like i'm gonna name them because i don't want to like shout anyone out unless they want to be but they told me at the party before the party that they saw me that them and another friend saw me dancing at the last Carrie Nation or no at um Honcho at nowadays and they were both remarking about um my energy on the dance floor and how it made like their energy dancing feel even better which I keep getting these remarks lately thank you besties about people loving my energy which um I often feel like my energy is really manic um and not in like a fun manic way when I'm at these parties. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Love to hear it. Keep telling me. <laughs> um, My hot take is that that Jeremy Strong article. Oh, yeah. That Jeremy Strong profile by The New Yorker wasn't unflattering. I mean, it I mean, it was unflattering in that there are some stories where he comes off a little bit like unhinged and he comes off like a like wacky creative, but it's not like so unflattering that it warrants like people coming out in his defense. Yeah. Like that makes like honestly the fact that all these like all of these celebrities are coming out to be like I've worked with him and I've known him for this many years and he's such a wonderful gentle like sensitive soul. Like, it makes it seem like what the profile says is going to be way worse. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, you're actually making his reputation worse by coming out in his defense, in my opinion. Yeah. Because like it's making more of a fuss about the. Yeah. But anyway, my hot take is that I read the entire thing and it just made me think he was like honestly kind of cool. Like he just comes off as like super intense and like like a wacky creative and like yes in some cases it seems like it would be annoying to work with him but it's not like it's not like the stories about like Jared Leto on the um set of that like suicide squad movie or Mm -hmm. something like he was he's not a menace he's just like a weirdo and it's okay just own it don't send your like I don't think first of all I don't think um all of like I don't think Jessica Chastain was like asked by him to post that but still like it's weirdo behavior to like try to defend yourself from like something that isn't bad agreed but i guess he hasn't defended himself yet we'll see by the time this comes out maybe he has but like anne hathaway making a statement it just seems so overboard it's like where are all these celebrity statements about climate change (laughs) (laughs) where are all these celebrity statements about like sesta fosta like, come on, throw Agreed. your weight behind something other than your friend's reputation as like a weird method actor. It's like cool. It's cool that he's a method actor. Yeah. It makes him more interesting to me. I agree. Anyway, that's my hot take. All right. <laughs> it's not a very like, you know, profound hot take this time. It's just what's on my mind because I read that today. Yeah. Fuck up of the week. Fuck up of the week. Is uh definitely what's his name? Elon Musk. Times person Times of the person year. of the year. Ugh. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm like, yes, that's the fuck up of the week because Elon Musk sucks, but also isn't the whole point of person of the year that it's just like the person that kind of defines this year and it do- it's not that they're the best person. It's just that they were like they made the like the most cultural impact this year. Yeah, but I don't think that he made the most cultural impact this year. Yeah, but he also didn't like, like, who, who do you think the time person of the year would be? I'm not even trying to, I'm not like debating you. I'm just sort of, it's food for thought that I don't think it's like completely out of pocket that it's Elon Musk. Cause it's like when everyone was mad that it was Trump, which listen, I was among them, but in retrospect, it's like, who else would it have been? Trump was like the most talked about person that year. Like, of course, Trump was the person of the year. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I still think it's a fuck up, but I don't I can't think off the top of my head right now who I think it should have been. Um, Because I feel like Elon Musk is just like he kind of is at the moment and I'm not happy about this, but like he is a um, culturally defining person at the moment. Yeah, he's like, you know, we're we're at this time in history where there's more and more richest people of the year and like billionaires and he's going to be a fucking gazillionaire soon or whatever trillionaire. Um, and we're like entering the metaverse. Could have and been, we're, honestly, Britney Spears. Honestly, yeah. Britney it should Spears have been should Britney have Spears. been the person of the year. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I thought I'm it not, was going to be. I'm not honestly defending that he's no, person of the year. I just also kind of can see how he was. Yeah. That's it's, such I'm not happy a red about scare it, thing to say. What? That's such a red scare thing to say. Is I'm it? Kidding. No, I'm joking. I'm just thinking about the when, when uh, our friend, our bestie at the afters said that we have what red scare wishes they have. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, 
I don't think we do, but also that's a really funny thing to say. <laughs> what we have that Red Scare wishes they had is slightly less annoying voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Red Scare really has what, what we, we wish want. we had, which is an audience. <laughs> just kidding. We have an amazing audience. We just would like a slightly bigger one. And they maybe have, even they some have hate listeners. Except that's, that's what I'm saying. They have... Um, hate listeners and they've been canceled a few times yeah and like listen we, we love want. all the positivity we love how much our listeners love us at this juncture that's an incredible thing that we're not taking for granted but it doesn't pay the bill <laughs> <laughs> and this being loved in this economy yeah being loved does nothing for us being hated pays rent <laughs> and that's unfortunately that's the trisha listen, paytas business uh, my model. 2020 goal is to be on the experience yeah uh, we're it's just bleep that out <laughs> we'll just bleep out the just his name but yeah we'll leave experience, experience and you'll just have to figure out through context what who we could have possibly meant yeah who were we talking about anna and dasha come on come the on the pod teach us your ways teach us your ways you're like what you're gonna want to do is <laughs> 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 kind of speak in this register and when you drink drinks just kind of gulp right into the microphone anyway come on the pod come um, on the pod let's thank some patrons no oh okay fuck you guys <laughs> Um, yeah, speaking of patrons, on this week's Patreon episode, we talk about some celebrity stories that we have, times we've met different celebrities, times we've served different celebrities in our various jobs that we've had. We talk about, um, what else do we talk about? Our most terrible memories, which is kind of dark, but mm. that's what the New York Times asked us to talk about. Personally, they reached out and they said on your next Patreon episode, can you talk about this? Yes. Um and something else i mean we kind of talked about our crushes yeah a little bit as usual so um yeah listen to the patreon episodes by um subscribing to patreon.com slash best mistakes best mistakes pod thank you so much nyla thank you nyla oh friend from college is it? Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Remy. Thank you, Remy. Thank you, Ian Mayo. Thank you, Ian. Um, thank you. Just a second. Thank you, Catherine Marsha. Thank one you, of Catherine. my longtime friends, originally from Tumblr, and then we've hung out in real life multiple times since then i visited visited her in england so you know it's real Not that. um but yeah i saw this funny meme that was like if you've been following me since i was 16 you're my cousin on my tumblr side mm -hmm. that's Catherine. kate is you know what her friends call her but thank you Catherine. um and madeline um capper thank you it's either is it madeline or madeline Madeline like the butter cakes. Does that mean anything to you? No. <laughs> Me neither. Oh. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it then. Madeline? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Madeline. Um, and if you'd like to be shouted out by us on the podcast, subscribe to our Patreon and let us know that you'd like to be shouted out. Um, let's go into a listener mistake. <laughs> Listener Mistakes. 
We actually have so many more listener mistakes to choose from this week. Y'all really turn it out this time. Um, but please still write in your listener mistakes. We'd love to hear from you at bestmistakespod at gmail.com. Um, we love y'all's mistakes. We don't love that it happened to you, but we love that you've learned and grown and want to share them with us. So <clears throat> let me see. Um, okay. You guys are talking about what a mess threesomes with couples uh, made me want to send in this mistake. My freshman year, I went to school in Boston. My first week, I met a guy who went to Tufts at the gay club machine. Rest in peace. He introduced me to a girl named Ellie, fake name, and after a week, we started dating. Within the first month of school, her roommate was diagnosed with cancer, so she had an empty bed and I moved in. It was the best relationship I've ever been in because we were so similar. We were known around campus because you had likely either slept with one of us or both as a pair. We probably had like 20 threesomes. That summer, we stayed in a guest house on a farm in Georgia, and Ellie started working at a restaurant in town. She met a girl she was interested in and brought her back, and we all got drunk and fucked. The next day, I got a text from the girl asking to see just me again. I did it, and Ellie found out and got her feelings hurt since she liked us both. We ended up breaking up and had to keep living with each other for weeks before my dad drove down to pick me up. I miss her every day. Aww. Damn, I'm sorry. That's sad. That is sad. Thank you for sharing that with us. And sorry we didn't say your name if you wanted us to. Somebody sent me a really funny story on Instagram. <laughs> what? Um, Mark just sent me this uh, this picture of an action figure and or like, you know, a doll or something. And then uh, the label on it says, yeah, it's an action figure. And it says me leaving a party because I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> So just referencing our the shit story. Yeah, we weekend. love telling shit stories as um, you know, as you do when you're trying to woo <laughs> somebody. Mm-hmm. What? Why are you shaking your head? I'm shaking my head at myself. Why? Because you were telling shit stories to your crush. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I made them like me more. So, <laughs> do you think so? Yeah. Okay. Great. I mean, I'm not saying I disagree. I was just, you know. What evidence do you have of that? I'll talk about it off mic. Uh, you can edit it out. No, I just, they, I was just, wa- they, it just made them think that I was even funnier, I think. Okay. Yeah. Funny. Cute. Mm hmm. Yep. Little um, pro tip from the Best Mistakes podcast hosts is if you really like someone, just tell them about a time you shit your pants. Get it all out there. Just get it all out there. Like that scene in the book um, version of Call Me By Your Name. Yes. Where um, Elio looks at Oliver's shit. Or is it the other way around? Oliver looks at Elio's shit. shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's intimate. Um. Okay, deep dive. Deep dive. Deep dive. My deep dive mistake this week is from a few years ago when um, a friend of mine was kind of like outed by the Burlington um, music scene as like being a predator um and like his ex came forward about him about having like 
some issues with him and specifically his predatory behaviors that were outed were about how like he and his wife would like hook up with like kind of freshly 18 year olds. And I was among those 18 year olds. Like I definitely hooked up with them and had a threesome with them when I was 18. Um, And my current roommate and I actually met through him and his wife like years and years ago and just like happened to live together and be friends all these years later. Um, And so we lived together at the time of this as well. And she had actually dated him and his wife because they were poly, not just open. So they like had relationships with people, not just hooked up with people. I happen to be someone that they hooked up with, but, um, and didn't date. But my roommate happened to be someone who didn't just hook up with them, but also dated them. Anyway, so she and I just happened to have like a little bit of insight to what everything, like what people were kind of losing their minds about on like Facebook and like fucking Twitter and stuff. And so there's all this discourse from like the Burlington community about like him and his wife and their partners and all the people that they've hooked up with. And just a lot of speculation was happening and a lot of like kind of dogpiling, like a lot of like, you know, some people had some legitimate things to say and Mm -hmm. like some like, you know, things that if if we were to address these things, it would make like how these entire communities work be better and it's not just about him it's about how like in general we've fostered this um ability for like older men to possibly prey on younger women in these scenes and stuff like that but instead of focusing on those things it started to just turn into like why all these other people also hated him and mm-hmm. like wow well, i haven't liked that guy since the day i met him and here's why and blah 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 And then people started just saying shit about how, like, his wife is, like, brainwashed. He got basically, like, run out of the city. And it was just, like, a weird, like, micro-cancellation that happened to this, like, individual in this community rather than, like, a community forcing itself to, like, look inward and see how it enabled the behaviors that it doesn't like. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not the only one guilty of this. In fact, a lot of the people... (laughs) that were coming after him were men that had done a lot of the shit they were accusing him of doing. They had personally done those things to me. Like there were a couple different guys that were in their late twenties when we hooked up and I was 18. And so that already is supposedly like a big no, no, according to this like cancellation that was happening. But also like, I just specifically remember being like pretty deeply manipulated by a couple of them. I was manipulated into like not wearing a condom with one of them Mm -hmm. and like, just like whatever. It was just, it was an interesting moment where I don't regret the reasons that I felt compelled to do this, but I felt compelled to be a little bit of a contrarian to this whole thing. Um, not and I think I don't even remember what I said. I know I know there's screenshots out there because there are people who made it their full-time job to like document this entire thing. So feel free to send me the screenshots, besties. I know you will at some point because I, I'm probably on your list of people you want to cancel at some point. But do that sooner rather than later. We're trying to get this podcast to blow up. Please. Um but yeah, I don't even remember exactly what I said, but I think I basically just said that, like, here are my experiences with him. I do not 
I do not um, think that anyone else is lying about their experiences. Like I completely validate and and like believe other people's experiences. And I think that those are important to talk about. But I also feel like this is turning into like a dogpiling session. And I feel like it's not about like him as a person anymore so much as it is about deflecting from like shit that y'all have also done. And I also think that like if this is in the name of defending like women, why are you stripping his wife of any autonomy by telling like by saying that like she's only married to him because she's brainwashed? Mm -hmm. Like it was all just so hypocritical and stupid to me. But in retrospect, I probably should not have commented something in like a thread with people who did have like legitimate things to say about him. Like I probably should have saved that comment for just like people that were piling on, but there were people in the thread that were some of his like actual legitimate accusers. And I really like, I regret there being like any kind of indication that I was trying to take away from their experiences or that I was trying to be like a, like, well, that never happened to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that happened, which some people accused me of saying something like that. I don't like maybe like, listen, like I said, I don't remember exactly what I said. Well, that is never what I meant. Like I was not trying to come from the place of like, well, because that never happened to me, he never did these things. I never felt that way. I never believed that, but I regret it ever coming across that way. And I also regret even like chiming in in a place where there were actual people like trying to say their piece Mm -hmm. because the things that I like really, the, the things that I was saying were really meant for just the other like men who were just as like guilty of the shit that he was being accused of that were like loudly and proudly disavowing him. That's like who I was really coming for. And I do not regret that intention, but I do like, To this day, it'll sometimes come up like people. There are screenshots of this and people will like if I talk about like sexual assaults on any level and on any platform, there's always like inevitably someone that comes out and calls me like a rape apologist because of this incident where I defended my friend on some level. And I I do want to reiterate, I don't think I ever defended what he was actually being accused of. Um, because I believed it and I have been among the people holding him accountable ever since. Like I'm still friends with him kind of, it's not like we're besties or anything, but we still stay in touch. And like, I am among the people that like keeps him in check and holds him accountable to like past behaviors. By the way, he was never accused of rape. So everyone please stop calling us rape apologists for being friends with him still. But, um, Yeah, like I stand by being his friend still and being somebody who's like helping him to not continue those behaviors. But I don't necessarily stand by the exact like mode through which I um, kind of checked those other fucking shitty dudes. Yeah. I kind of honestly wish it would have been more badass for me to message them directly and be like, you're not... As in, in the place that you think you are, bestie, like yeah. tread lightly because if people are coming after him for this shit, 
you and I both know that people could come after you soon too. Yeah. And um, I think that would have made more of an impact than a public comment that they could so easily be like, well, 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 look who doesn't believe women. Yeah. Like, cause they were kind of able to kind of like all then dog pile on me and make me look a fool. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, the reason I came after you was still valid though. Yeah. And also just anytime any of y'all bear witness to somebody like someone's public cancellation, big or small, really pay attention to the loudest voices. Cause I'm not saying that like, it's a bad thing to hold people accountable or it's a bad thing to call people out on their toxic behaviors. But like a true shaming and cancellation is almost always coming from people that are deflecting from their own shit, like almost 100% of the time. And so just like pay attention to that. So anyway, that's my deep dive is the time that I, I did a bad job of uh, publicly commenting on a sensitive thread, ended up kind of helping those guys deflect from their shitty behaviors so my bad everyone well much like you being involved um in a public imbroglio a scandal if you will (laughs) um in a fucked up man's world and it backfiring on you so too does this relate to the murder of Maurizio Gucci by his ex-wife Patrizia Reggiani we are talking this week about the infamous House of Gucci murder, which you can go see this movie in theaters. I have not seen it yet, um, but I hope to soon. Um, so let's get into it. So wait, real quick. I just remembered a detail from my deep dive. That's hilarious. Um, somebody trying to own me in replies to my comment commented a hard times article that is like a satirical article of a um, like from a predator's perspective being like, if all these accusers are telling the truth, how come nobody's outed me yet? And um, it was my fucking article oh that I God. wrote that somebody replied to me trying to like own my response. And then somebody else replied being like, dude, you know, she wrote that, right? Oh my God. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, that just um, no, occurred okay. to me as a very funny detail of that whole thing. It is okay. And reminded me that I once wrote for the hard times. I love that. Anyway, let's hear about it. Let's hear about the House of Gucci murder. Best mistake. All right, so some backstory. Um, so Maurizio was the grandson of the House of Gucci founder, Guccio Gucci. That is a real name. Um. <laughs> And uh, Patrizia Reggiani was an Italian socialite and a daughter of a trucking magnate. So Maurizio and Patrizia meet at a party in Milan, and they're married in 1972 um, when they're both 24 years old. Um, And pretty soon after, they have two daughters, Allegra and Alessandra. For over a decade, the pair seem to live in marital bliss. Uh, their Their luxurious lifestyle makes them favorites of the Italian press. Um, and as one of the original celebrity couples, British Vogue reports that when they'd visit New York City, they were chauffeured around in a car with the license plate. I might be saying this wrong, but Mauizia, which was a combination of their names. They owned private islands and properties in various locations across the world, including but not limited to San Moritz, Connecticut and Acapulco. And Reggiani, who The Guardian says was known in elite circles as the Liz Taylor of luxury labels, 
would host extravagantly themed parties attended by the likes of the Kennedys. She said uh, to a UK newspaper in 2016 that Maurizio felt free with me. We had fun when we were a team. We were a beautiful couple and we had a beautiful life, of course. But their relationship took a turn for the worse in 1983 when Maurizio's father, actor Rodolfo Gucci, died. At the time, Maurizio inherited 50% stake in the family company and became its chairman. Now, Patrizia highly disapproved of her husband's poor business business decisions, which included buying out his family's board seats for a reported $135 million via Bahrain-based investment banking firm InvestCorp, according to Forbes. Um, she told The Guardian uh, a few years ago that Maurizio got crazy. Until then, I was his chief advisor about all Gucci matters, but he wanted to be the best and he stopped listening to me. I was angry with Maurizio about many, many things at the time. But above all this, losing the family business, it was stupid. It was a failure. I was filled with rage, but there was nothing I could do. And so from there, from that point on, their marriage gets even worse. Um, And after claiming to be going away on a business trip, Maurizio leaves Patrizia Reggiani in 1985. Um, And as the head of Gucci, he goes on to lose the company millions. By 1993, he was forced to sell his shares of the business to InvestCorp for $120 million, The Guardian reported. Damn. He also had a new live-in girlfriend, interior designer Paola Franchi. Now, in 1994, Patrizia Reggiani receives a divorce settlement that would net her $1 million a year, a decade after they split. But she was publicly still extremely resentful of her ex. Now, Forbes reported that at the time, she said to the press, He recently told me, Do you know why our marriage failed? Because you fancied yourself the president. And here, there is only one president. Now, here comes the murder. So on the morning of March 27th, 1995, Maurizio Gucci was fatally shot three times on the steps of his private office in Milan. The tragedy was deemed an assassination, and due to Maurizio's high profile, authorities had various theories about the killer's identity and motives. Obviously, when murders like this happen, especially with the contentious divorce and all the money, the spouse or the ex-spouse is always the first suspect. So the first clear suspect was Patrizia, who was vocal about her disdain for her estranged husband and was also also vocal about wanting to see him dead. She said in the 2021 documentary, Lady Gucci, the story of Patrizia Reggiani, I was furious with Maurizio. I went around asking everyone, even the local grocer, is there someone who has the courage to murder my husband? I can't aim a gun very well. I couldn't couldn't have done it (laughs) myself. This is me walking around honcho. Seriously. Talking about about motherfucker. (laughs) But without any valid evidence, police were unable to charge anyone. It wasn't until two years later in January of 1997 that Italian police received an anonymous tip that sparked their investigation into Patrizia. They soon discovered that Patrizia colluded with her friend and psychic Pina Ariema and seemingly agreed to, pl- to pay her psychic 600 million lire, which is $365,000, in exchange for having Maurizio killed. Uh, once again, this is according to Forbes. Oremia then got in touch with an acquaintance, hotel night porter Ivano Savioni, for his help. Savioni then brought the matter to Orazio uh, Sicala, or Chicala, who found the killer Benedetto Serralo. 
The culprits, in addition to Reggiani, were discovered by authorities when an undercover police officer recorded a call with them, all in which he posed as a hitman threatening Reggiani to pay the rest of the money she owed the group. On January 31st, 1997, all five were arrested and charged with premeditated murder in connection to Maurizio's assassination. Um, so, of course, Reggiani's arrest in connection to her husband's murder set off a media firestorm. She was dubbed the Black Widow, and the sensational 1998 trial was highlighted by Patrizia Reggiani's unapologetic and colorful personalities. Prosecutors allege she was motivated by greed and jealousy of her ex's new partner. As for the evidence stacked against Lady Gucci... There were the witnesses that attested to Reggiani asking around town for a hitman and a damning one-word entry in her Cartier diary the day Maurizio was killed. Paradisos, Greek for paradise. Um, Gucci's, uh, Maurizio Gucci's girlfriend went on to say to the Associated Press that I think that Patrizia was bothered above all that she couldn't call herself a Gucci anymore. Throughout the trial, Reggiani denied directly ordering Maurizio's assassination, and her lawyers insisted that Oremia, the psychic, blackmailed and framed Patrizia for a payout. Though Patrizia went on to contradict herself in court by saying it was worth every lira. Her, loyals, her lawyers also argued that a brain tumor Patrizia underwent surgery for in 1992 impaired the socialite, rendering her incapable of planning the crime. In Pina's eyes, the psychic, Patrizia Reggiani, uh, Patrizia Reggiani was a golden cow to be milked for money, is what the defense team tried to argue. Patrizia said on the TV show, Story Maladete, I have to admit that for a time, I truly did want to get rid of him, talking about Maurizio. I wanted to do it, and so I was going around asking people to do it. But my intentions ended there. A mere obsession, a mere desire. What wife has never said, I'd kill that guy? Following a five-month trial, Patrizia Reggiani and the rest of her co-conspirators were convicted of premeditated murder, and she was sentenced to 29 years in prison. She was then placed in Milan San Vittore prison, where she was allowed one special privilege negotiated by her lawyer. Patrizia said, I think I'm a very strong person because I survived all these years in captivity. I slept a lot. I took care of my plants. I looked after Bambi, my pet ferret. Um, and a Funny little side note in this article is that Bambi was killed after being sat on by a fellow inmate. I don't really know why they included that. But oh, my God. <laughs> now, in 2011, years after being sentenced and being put in prison, Patrizia Reggiani had a chance of early release after being offered parole on the condition of finding a job. In her opinion at the time, the idea of being employed was blasphemous. She reportedly told her lawyer, I've never worked in my life and I don't intend to start now. Oh my God, me. Insane. <laughs> By 2014, she agreed to the terms and was released after 16 years in prison. She was first seen shopping in one of Milan's most popular streets, donning oversized glasses and toting her pet macaw on her shoulder. Um, she went on to tell the Italian press after being released, I dream of returning to Gucci. I still feel like a Gucci. In fact, the most Gucci of all. I have the qualifications. For years, I went shopping around the world. I came from that world of jewels, and it is to that world that I want to return. Understandably, she was not, or Gucci itself was not receptive to her public job application. <laughs> Instead, she began working as a design consultant for Bozart, a costume jewelry firm. She went on to tell The Guardian in 2014 that she was unsatisfied with the wardrobe she'd now been subject to. 
Um, and she said that at the time, her relationship with her daughters was strained as they had cut her off from the fortune they inherited from their father. It's Zara, she goes on to say, referring to her dress. I don't earn enough at this place to buy proper clothes. Oh, my God. Now, in the subsequent years since being released from prison, the now 72-year-old has given sporadic interviews about the case. Uh, Most recently, in March of 21, she told Italian news outlet Anza that she was happy with Lady Gaga's casting in the House of Gucci, but she did have one complaint. She was quoted as saying, I'm annoyed by the fact that Lady Gaga is portraying me in the new Ridley Scott film without even having the courtesy or the good sense to come and meet me. It's nothing to do with money because I won't be taking a single cent from the film. It's about common sense and respect. I say this with all the sympathy and appreciation that I have for her. Um, and the Gucci family itself has gone on to express severe dislike and distaste for the movie. Um, uh, Maurizio's second cousin um, has said that we are truly disappointed and I speak on behalf of the family they're stealing the identity of a family to make a profit and to cr- increase the income of the Hollywood system our family has an identity privacy we can talk about everything but there's a borderline that cannot be crossed um, and there are also some superficial complaints um, Paola Gucci uh, has gone on to say that she finds um, or sorry, one of the granddaughters has gone on to say that uh, they think that Jared Leto's casting as Paolo Gucci is horrible, horrible. My grandfather was a very handsome man, like all the Gucci's and very tall, blue eyes and very elegant. <laughs> he is being played by Al Pacino, who is very tall, who is not very tall already. And this photo shows him as fat, short with sideburns, really ugly, shameful because he doesn't resemble him at all. Um... And yeah, that's about it. That is the story of the House of Gucci um, and about the murder of Maurizio um, and about the absolutely insane and unhinged Patrizia Reggiani Gucci. Did you say your sources? Uh, yeah, okay, sorry. Okay. No, I didn't. But um, and my source is hold on. My source is Lady Gaga and all of her fucking crazy interviews. <laughs> um, my source is... Uh, Method uh, actor Lady Gaga is our source. God, it's like that woman cannot act to save her life. <laughs> um, uh, I'm so tired of the yassification of Lady Gaga. Um, and my, the Lady Gaga industrial complex. complex. And tell these... Uh, hold on. My, <laughs> my source is an article from Oprah Daily, the true story of the murder that inspired House of Gucci. It's by Mackenzie Jean Philippe's, um, yeah. And, you know, whatever, like, team of faggots Lady Gaga has around her, they don't like her because she looks like shit. Her <laughs> lips are plumped beyond my wildest imagination. Her cheeks are crazy. She looks bad. Well, it's also, a- that, like, five foot two documentary mm-hmm. is, like, a documentary that like she like her team is like behind yeah and it makes her it's like an unflattering documentary yeah like when she's sobbing in her grandmother's knees after her showing her oh the my movie. god it's the funniest Joanne, scene her grandmother's of all time. like it's not that it's not that deep, it's not that deep. yeah she's even like know yeah her. my daughter died and you didn't know, know her, her so it's like kind of weird that, that you wrote, wrote this song, song. um I-, I love her grandma it's kind of like, like when audrey yeah, hepburn's granddaughter nice. It's like when Audrey Hepburn's granddaughter is like literally crying about her in the doc. Have you watched the documentary yet? No. She's like, she died a year before the granddaughter was born. 
And she's like crying about her. And it's like, I just like feel like, you know, my like grandmother, like she just like wanted to be loved. And like, I'm like, girl, you didn't know her. Yeah. Anyway. Um, no, I mean, for sure. Moral, moral of the story. Of the story. Moral of the story. Um, story of the story. <laughs> <laughs> we have Maury on. <laughs> so the Maury of the story. The, the moral of the, the story of the Maury. I guess like don't murder people. Um, if you want to still have a job at like the family company, <laughs> if you like want to still work for a company and like make money from it, like definitely don't murder someone that's like you're in at that company it would probably be number one storal of the Mori. Yeah. To me. Um, moral of the story is yeah, bestie. I also don't want to work a day in my life. So I kind of get that attitude, but not the right way to go about it. But yeah, I mean, it all seems kind of petty and weird to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's like a moral to be gained. It's like, yeah. just don't fucking murder somebody. Let's see. What's her chart? Oh, that's such an important question. Patrizia Gucci born? December 21st. Is that still Sagittarius? I think that's Capricorn. But there's, let's check. Because um, I, whenever it's a fucking 20th or 21st, you never know for sure. Hold on, let's see. Patricia Gucci. Um, birth chart. Let's see. She is uh, Sagittarius still. Okay, so sad, but like, what is her moon and her rising? Um, yeah, because the Sagittarius wouldn't murder somebody. She's just... a Sagittarius, Sagittarius, Sagittarius. What? She is a triple Sagittarius. Oh my god, I was just about to defend Sagittarii. Wow. But here I fucking well, I'm my ruled, face. I am ruled by Sagittarius, so Oh well that's true, and you would for sure murder, or murder someone. Yeah. If for that reason alone. What, divorcing you? No, just like not being able to get back like them getting back at me before I could get back at them. Yeah. True. True. So watch out. Listen, I mean it's not that I, I, I don't think that Sagittarius's are incapable of murder. I just think that if your only Sagittarius placement is Sagittarius sun and the rest of your chart is other stuff, yeah. you're probably pretty likely to just ghost from the situation in general, you know, and just For kind sure. of like maybe hold a little bit of resentment, but ultimately just keep, keep on keeping on. Yeah. But I guess the more Sag there is, the more concentrated that resentment gets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not completely out of left field. I think Nicki Minaj would murder somebody. She's a Sagittarius. I think Miley Cyrus was, would murder somebody. Well, actually, you know what? Miley might be in the camp of um, Sagittariuses that I believe wouldn't murder somebody that would just kind of shrug and keep moving. Yeah. No. Well, I could see really Miley murdering someone. I guess it depends. I just she has such a like fucking go with the flow vibe sometimes like like Britney also a Sagittarius don't know if Britney would murder anyone I could see Britney murdering her family her family okay maybe Britney come on the pod murder your family and then <laughs> come, on family the and come on the pod don't murder you just death you to th- all of them all of them <laughs> 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 um we here at best mistakes pod do not endorse the notion of the Spears family getting murdered in cold blood. Um, but... Only one of us said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Only one of us said that for legal purposes. My God, Nika, <laughs> keep up. <laughs> Are you trying to get canceled or not? I'm trying to get canceled. I'm not trying to get fucking arrested. <laughs> I'm not trying to get investigated by the whichever LAPD. One, the LA, Well, I think like at, if it got to the point of um, investigating us for saying we endorse a straight up murder, would it be like what the CIA, the FBI, FBI, the FBI, FBI, come on the pod. Come on the pod. <laughs> um, oh, rest in peace. Uh, what was his name? Hoover, Edgar, the head of the FBI, Edgar J. Hoover or whatever. What was his name? The, did what? He would have loved Carrie Nation. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but who are like in reference to what? What are you talking about? He was head of the FBI. I was just saying rest in peace to him. Speaking of the FBI. Yeah, but like in what? Like he how was, did the FBI when? I don't know. Like in the 50s and 60s. He was famously gay and closeted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably and he like have loved Carrie Nation. <laughs> We're not. We're not saying. He fucked RIP, a lot of gay people. We're not saying R.I.P. <laughs> to any member of the police in any capacity. Thank you. Anya's not saying R.I.P. to any of them. No, ACAB. Sorry, <laughs> don't be head of the FBI if you're so gay. You know. I want to be head of the FBI. I want to be the first trans woman to be head of the FBI. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna have to absolutely wipe this podcast from the internet <laughs> for that to be possible. <laughs> But I support you in your dreams. Okay. What do you think the moral of the story is? Um, I mean, just like don't get so, don't allow yourself to get so carried away by that kind of passion. Any relationship that brings up that much um, passion when things are good, IMO, is not a healthy Ooh. relationship to be in. That's so true. I speak <laughs> experience <laughs> and it's true <laughs> no that's real it really is yeah the the flames that i follow are ones that like i feel passionately about them because i like them a lot but i don't feel that fucking like insane feeling that you get sometimes with someone uh-huh. and i feel like that like that's a good thing to follow people like follow the feeling of like someone who makes you feel safe and makes you feel like very at home yeah and makes you feel comfortable and supported and seen and loved you know not necessarily capital L romantic loved you know at the beginning but like just a general sense of like safety i think is way more important than like fucking fireworks and rockets on fire passion. Yeah. Um, because that is so true. It is. It does not go well. I'll have more to say about this when we're done recording, but yes. Okay. <laughs> Just some quick, quick clock after that. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Um, to hear what she has more to say about, subscribe to my personal <laughs> Patreon where I sec- secretly record Nika when she thinks she's speaking in confidence. That's illegal. <laughs> and I know that because I've looked it up. <laughs> I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, you can have my phone when you tell me the following thing because mm-hmm. I'm wearing a wire. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that was some real uh, Wendy Liebman uh, timing right there. I loved that. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm very talented. I'm a talented joke teller. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why? You are. Thank you. All right. Um, any last words to say? Well, you know, the real moral of the story is don't be a don't ever wrong a woman. Yes. <laughs> if you've wronged a woman. You deserved it. Whatever you came deserved to you. It. He had it coming. He had it coming. He had, he it, had coming it coming all along. All along. All along. All along. <laughs> Death to all of them. Death to all of them. Um, and on that note. <laughs> test your holes. Test, test your, your drugs. drugs. Subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> your friends, friends on the, the mouth. mouth. We love you. Bye. 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 <laughs>